Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. Luke 15, verse 17 through 20. Follow me as I read. Verse 17 says, And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching, he, Jesus, that the Pharisees and doctors of the law, uh, Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with palsy. He was paralyzed. And they sought means to bring him in, to lay him before him, lay him before Jesus. And when they could not find by what uh, they, what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let down through the tiling with his couch the, into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, the one with palsy, man, can y'all hear, imagine Jesus saying man. Y'all, come on. Jesus said man. Yeah. <laughs> thy sins, I'm looking up because the man was coming down from the roof. Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. As I can get you to understand the basis for atmosphere, look at these verses here. So I want you to see some basis for the atmosphere that matters or an atmosphere that produces the word and the miracles of God. In verse 17, you say, you see that Jesus was teaching. The word of God must be the centerpiece of an atmosphere that matters. An atmosphere where he can work. The word of God must be the center. It means the things that comes out of the mind and the heart of God must be the center. Jesus was teaching, and as he was teaching, part of the multitude was there. We see that there were Pharisees there. These are people who are religious. They know something about the word of God. And then we see doctors of the law. These are people who studied the Old Testament, and they were degreed in the Old Testament. They were well studied in the Old Testament. They're there as well. And people from every town is there. Right? And the Bible says, and the power. Everybody say, and the power. It says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal, everybody say, them. So the word is being taught, and then there is a presence of the anointing of the Lord that's in the atmosphere to heal them. See, one of the things you got to know about the anointing, the anointing comes for a kingdom purpose. Jesus stands up and opens the Bible and said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to bring good tidings to heal the brokenhearted, to, to, to preach to them the acceptable year of the Lord he began to talk about the anointing comes for a purpose the Bible says here there was an anointing in the atmosphere to heal 
Jesus teaching the word and while he's teaching here comes the anointing the anointing doesn't come for no uh, for not for not having a reason when the anointing comes it comes with a purpose the anointing knows what's in the house the anointing knows what's in the room and so if the anointing and power to heal was in the room what does it mean it means somebody was sick it means that somebody need to be well because the anointing and power of healing never comes if people in the place don't need healing just a few minutes ago as we were just talking about offering and giving there was anointing of increase came you didn't feel it it was an anointing of increase why did it come it come because God want to raise somebody up it comes because somebody God want to set somebody's course and life and career on path it came for a purpose and we see through the teaching that the atmosphere is filled with the present to heal and we notice that there there, so the word has to be centered then there comes an anointing to do the work of God and here comes some men the Bible in another gospel say there were four men carrying one man he's paralyzed there has to be a heart of intercession for an atmosphere, for an atmosphere that would matter, all right? An atmosphere that would matter. You got to have a heart for intercession. I mean, you can't just care for yourselves. You got to want to see somebody else grow. You got to want to see somebody else bless. You got to be compassionate upon others. Come on. That's what the extra giving is about too. Being compassionate upon others. They have compassion to pick somebody up who can't carry themselves and get themselves to the move of God. They know if they can get him to Jesus, that Jesus can handle his situation. And when they get this man having a heart of compassion and intercession to the place, there's a crowd crowd too many people in there they can't get him in and they say we don't come this far not let our brother get healed see intercession have to have an urgency and a tenacity the bible says you got to ask it said you got to ask seek and not ask it said you got to ask one is just a simple ask you can stand still and request the other one is no I'm not going to just sit here I'm going to start looking for it that's called a seek and the other one is called a knock what you say I think this is the door I'm going to knock till I get an answer I think I'm in the right place it's a way of pursuing God in prayer it's called ASK 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 and intercessors must be vigilant and can't give up all because you got to one place and you can't get the man into the door you done carried him through this there has to come an urgency and a tenacity to say we don't come this far to go back broke and empty we done carried this man on this bed people watched us carry him through the city and we ain't come here to be denied they pull the man up to the top they take off the, the tile of the roof let him down in the what? Presence where there's an atmosphere to heal. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And Jesus sees his man. In verse 20, he says, when he saw their faith, their faith, say their faith. It was a their faith. Say it was a their faith. In an atmosphere that matters, it was a their faith. What faith? The four men that carried him and the one man that laid there to be carried. 
Don't tell me he didn't cooperate because he could have ran his mouth and discouraged the four carriers. He could have talked so much junk. You know how it is when people who need help act like they don't need help. You know how it is. It discourages you from helping them. You know what I'm saying? You know they drowning, but they keep acting like they swimming. This man had faith too. I can't get there on my own, but your prayers can get me there. I'm too weak right now, but if you intercede for me, I, you ever heard somebody say, pray for me? I don't feel like I can get to God, but I believe in God through you. Oh, you ain't saying that. I don't believe in God through me right now, but I believe in God through you. And this man had faith and Jesus honored their faith. But what I want you to notice also here is the Bible saying in verse 17, I want you to miss it. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. But the stories about how Jesus healed him. I said the power of the Lord was present to heal them. But the story is about how Jesus healed him. One person. It goes to show that people gather and don't receive. It goes to show that people come to church with knees and act like they, they don't have anything. The Bible said, now you don't have to argue with the Bible today. The Bible said the anointing came for them. But only him. He got only one person. And I'm telling you, there are times in the atmosphere God want to shift, deliver, break through. But there are people who don't go and receive what God has in the atmosphere. God came to deliver you. God came to lift you up. But there are people who hold their position. They get stubborn in where they are. And they ain't going nowhere. They're in the presence. It ain't like rescue hadn't come. It ain't like, no, 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 no. It ain't like rescue hadn't come. You know, it's like the ambulance just going past. Ambulance going. I almost said like a little kid when we grew up. The ambulance. And the ambulance. Uh, y'all know about the ambulance. It's like the ambulance. Y'all know about the ambulance. The ambulance is going past your door and looking for you. And you sitting out there in the house watching the ambulance pass by knowing you're the one in the house need medical attention. And God is saying that there are people who will sit in the atmosphere of breakthrough healing and deliverance and miss what God's going to do. But tell somebody, stop missing what God's been bringing you. Stop missing what God's been trying to do in you. The anointing was present to heal them. Them. These are some basis for an atmosphere that matters. Because atmosphere matters. Let's go. I want you to understand that many times God will bring a shift. Everybody say shift. Walk with me, Mark 5, 22 through 24, and then I'll skip some other verses. Hang with me today. I got to get this word to you. Atmosphere matters. Get ready for a shift. Everybody say, get ready for a shift. Mark 5, I'm going to start at verse 22. Follow me. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He began to worship. And he besought him greatly. It's not no light worship. This is intense. Why is he intense? It's because he began to say, my little daughter. I don't know if you can feel it like I feel it. My little daughter. Just tender. Talk my tender daughter. Lieth at the point of death. 
pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her and that she may be healed and she shall live. That's Jairus. Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thronged him. So there's a big crowd. Woo. Big crowd. Go to verse 34. And he said unto her, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Wait a minute. This is the woman with the issue of blood. This daughter is the woman with the issue of blood. So Jairus began to worship and say, hey, I got a situation where I need your presence. I got my daughter is lying dead at, about to die at home and I need your presence. If you come and lay hands on her, look at look at again what he says. If you come, she's going to be healed and live. Jesus began to go with her. The crowd comes in the midst of the crowd. Here's a woman who says, I can't wait no longer. While you going over there, I don't need no attention because I can't draw attention to myself anyway because of my issue. I can't tell everybody I'm bleeding and I can't tell everybody they say I'm cursed they don't know what to do me do with me I'm broke I'm busted and disgusted and there comes a time in your life where you'd have been told no so long you start breaking rules see I ain't trying to say nothing when they done told you I'm talking about by faith they told her you ain't supposed to come out the house because of your issue and when you do come out the house you got to let everybody know something wrong with you and you got to say unclean unclean you got to announce your condition who gonna be around you and you have to tell them everything you've been through and what you suffering with she said I'm tired of all these rules I'm about to sneak up in here and get me a breakthrough I'm tired of all this stuff I've been boxed in and tried these doctors and nothing don't work I got nothing against doctors and so I honor that that she tried the, the, the physician in the earth but she said I'm gonna try the, the great physician Jesus Christ I've tried the physician but I'm gonna try the great physician and she gets her healing y'all see that so Jesus says behold of thy plague all right that's in the midst of Jairus and when he yet spake, there came a ruler from the synagogues. When he yet spake, there came a, from the ruler of the synagogue's house. So Jairus is the one of the rulers of the synagogue. From his house, certain which said, thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? Why are you bothering Jesus? We want to give you an update. While Jesus was on his way, your daughter passed away. Listen to this, verse 36. Watch me as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. Y'all see that? As soon, let me tell you, if you're going to keep an atmosphere where miracles start to manifest, you got to hold on to your confession. Jesus partners with Jairus the moment he says come to my house I believe you lay hands on her she's going to be healed Jesus partners with her and so now look at it Jesus stands up to unbelief Jesus answers the ruler that comes from the house to say don't, don't bother the master any further Jesus speaks a word over the word the word was Jesus you ain't no, no use of coming ain't no use of trying to do anything Jesus it's too late Jesus speaks the word to the man and says look as soon as everybody says soon as in other words he nipped it in the bud as soon as he heard the word that was spoken he said to the ruler of the, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue be not afraid he said Jairus be not afraid I know what you just heard be not afraid only believe and he suffered listen to this he suffered no man to follow him Many times when God is about to give you a miracle, you got to prepare for shifts. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And some of us don't get our miracles because we're not bold enough to shift. Yes. 
We're not bold enough to tell somebody, be quiet. I don't need your word. I don't need your opinion in my life right now. It's in the scripture. Jesus told him, told the other people. As soon as he heard the word that the man told the man, you told your average, you ain't got no reason to believe no more. He, the Jesus said, as soon as he said, look, man, fear not, only believe. There's a shift that comes in your faith that you start telling people, I don't need your opinion. I'm trying, my life is, is, I'm going for something that I need the miracle working of God. And I got to drain my atmosphere of man's opinions so I can get God's verdict, so I can get God's stamp of approval. But if you keep listening to everybody telling you what God can't do, verse 37, and he suffered no man to follow him. Now, now, see, everybody always talk about sweet Jesus. You keep reading your Bible, you're going to find a Jesus that's determined to bring forth God's will. Imagine this crowd following Jairus and Jesus in the midst of it. The woman issued a blood get healed. So what you think happened? The crowd probably got bigger because the woman got healed. This crowd is going along and now they get to a place, they get to Jairus' house, they come and say, hey, your daughter died. And Jesus says, all right, you hush up. You just stay, you keep believing. Then the next thing he says, all right, this is it for the crowd. Y'all stay right there because y'all can't go no further. All y'all can do is make noise. But the thing I'm getting ready to do, you can't walk in. There are times in your life you got too many people in your life following you, talking in your life. And there are times God is trying to do something unique to bless you, to prosper you, to take your life to a new dimension. But you are so busy worried about crowds in your life. Notice Jesus not addicted to crowds. You would think Jesus, who performed miracles, signs, and wonders, will be addicted to crowds. He's not addicted to no crowd. He said, I don't need none of y'all. I don't need none of y'all. Give me my three boys who know how to walk in faith, and we going in here to do business. You keep thinking you need everything for God to give you a breakthrough. You keep thinking you need all of them in your life, and your security is tied up in all the wrong people. Tell somebody they're coming a shift to who you hang with, a shift on who you run with. They're coming a shift. If you're going to go into an atmosphere that birthed destiny and miracles, you got to shift your atmosphere. Jesus, shift the atmosphere. Y'all can't go in here. Y'all can't go in. He suffered no man. Now, now y'all can read the Bible and be passive, but when he say he suffered no man, because you know how some people think they still going to get in the door, although they ain't got no pass. You know, be talking about my, 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 I know my cousin. Yeah. Your cousin ain't getting in, you, get you in here today. Right. He suffered no man. It's authority. Y'all stop right there. Y'all not following us no more. Stay right there. We'll be back to you. Peter, James, and John, the brother James, and verse 38, stay with me. And he come into the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth the tumult, the noise. And then they that wept and wail greatly. What will happen in those days? You can hire professional weepers. You can hire professional weepers. So the more money you had, you show how much tribute and love you had for the person who passed by paying professional mourners. And those professional mourners will make a big noise. It will, it will represent how much the person who passed away was loved. So Jesus get there. They're all crying. They weeping. They wail greatly. Now watch this. And when he was come in, he said unto them, all the now, now first of all, he got rid of the crowd that's following. Now there's already people in the house. He said unto the people in the house, why you make this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. 
Now you know they ain't too serious. They went from grief to laughing. See, you don't need no fickle people in your life when you're trying to get a breakthrough. How you go from being in grief for me to laughing at Jesus in a split second? Jesus told them to get out of the house and the people who was once ah, well and are laughing to score. Fickle. But when he had put them all out. See, I like to read the word. Jesus put them all out. See, I don't know. See, I'm trying to get you into an atmosphere that's going to get you some miracle signs and wonders. You will have to stand in your authority for your atmosphere. There are some spirits you got to put out of your atmosphere. There are some people who carry some agendas and some opinions that you may have to put out of your atmosphere. Jesus, I want you to read it. Jesus put them out of the house. Now you can say what you want to say. It wasn't in Jesus' house. But Jesus took authority. And you think Jairus had a problem? He's trying to get his daughter healed. Jesus put him out the house. Put them all out. Listen to that. And he taketh the father and the mother and the damsel. So now you got Jesus, his three disciples. You got the mother, the father, and the, and the daughter, the damsel. And them that were with him, and they enter in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said to her, Talithia Kuma. Now I read that and I said, God, you something else. Because all of a sudden while we're reading this, Jesus uses a Jewish phrase. Because he's talking to a Jewish girl. Her daddy is a part of the Jewish people, a part of the synagogue. And Jesus looks at this, this daughter and speaks to her in her Jewish language. He said, Talithia Kuma. <laughs> it's like he's talking, he said, Talithia Kuma. And it means damsel. I say unto the arise. In other words, creator is talking to creature. I got authority over your circumstance. I got, I'm the creator and I'm talking to creature and I'm telling creature, get up, arise. And what could creature do? Well, do what the creator said. Creator talk to cre creature. She the creature. The creator say, damsel arise. Verse 42, and straightway the damsel arose and walked. And for she was of 12 years old, was of the age of 12 years, and they were astonished with this great astonishment. And he charged them straight to tell no man that know it and commanded that something should be given her to eat. So Jesus always would do this. When Jesus was trying to delay his time, let me just explain this from the Bible, a uh, teacher point of view. When Jesus was trying to delay his time getting on the cross, he was sometimes tell people, don't tell them what I did for you. Because all he was trying to do is keep the pressure and the animosity against his calling low because he knew he was born to die and he knew that their animosity was going to put him on the cross but he was trying to work the works of God and so he was telling somebody I know I done changed your life but don't say nothing now what you think happened with that kind of situation your daughter's about, about dead and Jesus raised her to life that's one of those things you just cross the heart you do all that kind of stuff and say forgive me on this one but thank you Lord oh Lord I told you told me not to praise I know you told me to be quiet hey, but thank you Hey, shout out. Let God do something for you that the doctors couldn't do. Let the doctor say, Don't tell nobody. You must be crazy. I was on my way out of here. But God, you hey, you couldn't sit me down. Talk about a two and three selection. <laughs> couldn't sit me down. <laughs> Jesus do all. <laughs> 
I want you to understand about atmosphere matters. Listen, this is what I, um, you got to hold on to your confession. And God will also send you confirmation. The woman that issued blood was confirmation. Tell somebody, keep holding on. God allowed the woman with the issue of the blood to come in between. It serves as confirmation to Jairus. That healing is happening. Everybody say healing is happening. You have to also again learn how to encounter and deal with unbelief. And Jesus did with unbelief by clearing the crowd. Say get ready for shifts. Say get ready for shifts in your atmosphere. Say get ready for shifts in your crowds and the people who follow you and the people who you deal with. And I'm not saying everybody's bad. Don't hear that. But here in the spirit that God's trying to do something in you and the atmosphere is of most importance. The atmosphere. This was all about atmosphere. Come on, let's say, say everybody say surprises. Let's go to 2 Kings 7. Come on. We had shifts. We got surprises and we'll talk about suddenly. We had surprises. Surprises. Hold on. I got, I got to get this in your spirit. So you can understand about atmosphere. Atmosphere matters. Atmosphere matters. 2 Kings 7. And this, this blew me away. And if you were here on Wednesday, I was supposed to be teaching Bible study. Between the people online and people in person, they pull a little preach out of me. From the same verses, but I got a whole totally different point. Second Kings 7, I'm going to read some verses here. I'm going to skip around, but follow me. Verse 1 says, Then Elisha said, this is about surprises. Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. All right. The history is they was under famine. Inflation was high. He basically told them tomorrow things going on sale. You're in the midst of inflation, but God's going to flip this thing when tomorrow. That was the word of the Lord. If you know the previous story, they wanted to kill Elisha because Elisha was doing all this prophecy and all that. And they called, they now fought in Elisha. Elisha, I ain't worried about y'all trying to kill me. Matter of fact, this thing going to be over tomorrow. What? what? We're in a famine. Our enemy has shut us in the gate. We can't get no food. People starving. Women turning to cannibalism to find food. He said, are you crazy? He said, the Lord said tomorrow food going on sale. Number two, I hate reading this verse, but it's in the Bible. Then the Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God. So the servant to the king of Israel answered the man of God. Now what did the man of God say? The man of God said tomorrow things going to flip, didn't he? That's what he said. Now you got a servant. I get aggravated every time I read this verse, but it's in the Bible. So it's right. It's the story. All right. The, the, and then the Lord on whose then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, behold. Boy. I get aggravated reading. Lord help me. See, I get aggravated because, let me, let me pause. I get aggravated because he don't understand authority. Number one, he's a servant to the king. He should be quiet while the prophet is talking to the king of Israel. So I get mad about it because he don't understand authority. He should be listening and if he is thinking crazy, at least don't get it out your mouth. See, so the Bible talks about you don't know a fool until he talks. See, so many, some people, they just think you're the smartest thing since sliced bread until you went on Facebook. Until you start talking, they thought you was good. 
Sometimes it's good to be quiet while you're going through. Be quiet. While your emotions are all crazy, be quiet. While, while you're not feeling your best, just be quiet. Come on, stop talking all the time when you're not at your best. Just be quiet. This man should have been quiet right now. The prophet is talking to the king, but he wants to talk and says, I'm aggravated. Y'all just pray me while I read it. Behold. Ah, oh, Jesus. I had a nerve to say behold. If the Lord will make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, all right, so he says, he told Elisha, maybe if the Lord will make a window in heaven, could this thing come to pass? Meaning there ain't no way this going to happen. Talking about tomorrow, everything going on sale. You out of your mind, Elisha. Elisha responds, behold. <laughs> That's so funny. He says, you want to use behold? Let me use behold too. Behold, thou shalt see it with thy eyes, but you shall not eat thereof. Oh, that's whoa, you talking about that's that's a prophet right there. He says, You all right, it's gonna come to pass, but you ain't gonna get none of it. You're gonna see it, but you ain't gonna experience it. Why? Because of your unbelief. Your unbelief. Now watch me here. Verse 3. And there were four lepers, four leprous men entering. Uh, at the entering of the gate and they said one to another why sit we here till we die if we say we enter if we say we will enter into the city then the famine is in the city if we go in the city that's where the famine is and we will die there and if we sit sit that still here we die also we sit still now therefore come let us fall unto the host of the hearing Syrians if they save us alive, we shall live. And they kill us, we shall but die. Now, this is their logic, right? They're just saying, we can't sit here, right? If we go back into the city, that's where everybody shut up in the family. We're going to die. If we sit if we sit here, we're going to die. So our decision-making is to go forward where our enemy is, right? <laughs> Listen to that. We're we, we going to take a chance and go into where the Syrians are, because that's our enemies, and we're going to just trust God to give us victory over our enemies. That's what he's saying. Listen to this. And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were coming to the uttermost part of the camp of, the, of Syria, behold, there was no man there. I'm going to read the whole thing. Whole, 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 whole. There was no man there. Whole real tight. I'm going to read the whole verses. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even a noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, this is the Syrians talking to each other. Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us uh, kings of the Hittites and kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Verse 7. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight, left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. Let's skip to verse 10. So they came and called unto the porter of the city and told them, saying, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of man, but horses tied and asses tied and the tents as they were. And he called the porter and they told it to the kings uh, they called the porters and they told it to the king's house within verse 16 and the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians so a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel according to the word of the Lord let me give you the points here they are how you deal with atmosphere here it is Nothing, I absolutely mean nothing, is higher than the word. I say nothing is higher than the word. 
If you ever get God's word, you got it all. I don't care what season you go through. Tell somebody, I got a word. Elisha speaks the word of the Lord that on tomorrow there's going to be a sale and God's going to flip this thing. And I want you to know that everything is subject to the word of the Lord. When Elisha speaks the word, it don't matter what's happening in the city because what's happening in the city is going to change because of the word of the Lord. See, if God ever opens his mouth on my life to tell me what I'm going to be, it don't matter what done happened. It don't matter where I done been. It don't matter what I done done if the Lord has spoken his word. So much so I need you to catch this about atmosphere. Nowhere when what we've read do you see a conversation between Elisha and four leprous men. I said nowhere. I said nowhere. These men never talked to Elisha. They didn't even know the prophetic word had been declared. But how did they walk in prophetic power? How? How in the world did they prophetic walk in? Let me tell you something. What happens? What we got to understand about atmosphere. Anytime a word has been spoken in an atmosphere, in a region, or in an area, you can receive from what's been spoken even if you don't know it's been spoken. Oh, you don't believe me? It's right there in the Bible. All of a sudden, four leprous men start having supernatural knowledge. They sitting there at the gate wondering what they're going to do and all of a sudden their minds start turning towards victory. They don't know where these thoughts come from but they was in the atmosphere or in the region where the word was released. They never even knew what Elisha said. They wasn't in the back quarters with Elisha the servant and the king but yet they was in the region where God declared he was going to flip things back up right side up. So the biggest thing about the word is be where the word is. You can you can be drunk tomorrow, but come under the word and God will sober you up. You can be broke for five years and get under the word and God will switch your life around and make you a millionaire. But you got to be where the word has been decreed and declared for men. All of a sudden they got supernatural knowledge running through them. They don't know where it come from. They decided to make a, a, a decision. Now, because of supernatural knowledge and supernatural thoughts, they start making decisions. And the next thing you know, while they're making decisions, these supernatural decisions, they got, start getting supernatural manifestation. The Bible shows you that they was headed towards their enemies, the Syrians, to see, see mer- to get mercy. From the Syrians, we're going to try to live. We're going to go forward with see if we're going to live. We're going to tr- trust that God can give us mercy through our enemy. And that's, that's, that's faith. And I told y'all the reason why they chose to go to the Syrians. I told y'all that. Tell, tell somebody why, why, why did you chose. Tell them they wanted to go forward. Because if my enemy is forward, I'm still going to have to go forward. So I'll trust that my blessing is there. I can't sit here and I definitely can't go back. Well, can I preach it like I feel it? But even if my enemy is two days away, but if he's in my future, devil, here I come. Because I believe God is not the only thing that 
past in, in, in the, ahead of me. Uh, the devil is not the only thing ahead of me, but God is in my future. Somebody declare God is in my future. Oh, you're not hearing me. God is in my future. <laughs> they say I'm going forward and look what happened. They're not the only people going forward. God has went forward too. They're getting ready to go to the enemy's camp and they get to find out that God was already there. See, sometimes God will give you a surprise. You thought you were going to have to go through this and you were dreading this and I was dreading that. But when you start trusting God and get under the word, God will go before you. And when you get there, that thing has already been shifted. The atmosphere has already turned in your favor. Here they are walking towards the Syrian camp. And every time they walk, they weren't walking alone. They was walking with God. And God magnified their footsteps that every time they took a step, it transferred into the, to the minds of the enemy that they're my God. We about to be attacked by thousands of people. You read it? God got in it and went before them. Tell somebody God to go before you. Some of y'all going to be surprised about some of the problems you've been dealing with. You know you got a date to deal with something. You get ready for a surprise. God's going to be already there. <laughs> when you show up, you thought you going to have to do this, that, and that, and that. But you're going to find out that God has already been there. Surprise. Everybody says surprises. They thought they ain't gonna have to deal with the Syrians. Can you imagine the four lepers men have to get ready. They probably was working on their beg, their begging strategy. You know how it is when you feel like you got something big to deal with. You plan. You're like, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. Got there and then got to the camp. Was like, where are the Syrians at? <laughs> I don't know where the Syrians at, but I sure see my blessing. The Bible say the Syrians had left everything. They left, they, they got out of there. They said, I don't know where the Syrians at, but I'll sure see my increase. Surprise. I don't know where the Syrians at, but I sure I've been wanting a horse, but thank you, Lord. I thought I was going to never. I can imagine, oh, you ain't saying nothing. God will blow your mind and make your dreams come true. Here are four leprous men. Thought they was going to die unhappy. Thought they was going to die without dreams fulfilled. And God done went before them, shaking up the enemy. The enemy done got out of town, and there go blessings. Blessings, blessings all around. I decree blessings all around you. Blessings all over the place. Blessings all around them. They're like, oh God. Surprises, unexpected and unusual events. Because whenever the word of the Lord is what I want to catch you. I'm trying to get you to where the word of word is. Huh? See, if the word is spoken by the spirit of God, God will shift things like never before. And these four men, again, they ain't never talked to Elisha. But they was in the area where the word was spoken. And because the word was spoken, they caught up in the spirit. Next thing you know, they're walking in supernatural knowledge and there are surprises. Everybody said, there are surprises. My last point said, there are suddenly. Said, there are suddenlies. Here it is. You remember the scripture from last week? Acts 16. I'm only going to read two verses. Acts 16, verse 25 and 26. Atmosphere matters. Get ready for shifts. Get ready for these surprises. Here comes some suddenness. Acts 16. We're going to read two verses. The background of this is that Paul and Silas have rebuked a woman who was caught up in sorcery, telling the future 
as a business, as a business, she wasn't a prophet, P-R-O-P-H-E-T. She was a prophet, P-R-O-F-I-T. She was doing it for business. It's a difference. It's a difference when God blesses what you do or when you go into it for profit. That's a difference. It's a difference. She was speaking things and telling people about their future and she was hired by people to do it. And she was going around and she followed Paul and Silas for many days. And I like to teach this because there was always a counterfeit trying to ride on the tail of the glory of God. As Paul and Silas went throughout that city and town preaching the gospel, they were just visiting, preaching the gospel in that area. She walks behind them in the crowd, letting everybody know, hear them. These are the men of God. They say the word of the Lord. Here is the woman with sorcery saying that in hopes that when they left the city, she can take the crowd they brought. Riding on the tail of the glory in hopes to bring people into her snare. So she kept saying, hear him, hear them, hear the need of the man of God. And after a while, something stopped stirring in the spirit of Paul and Silas. You keep talking about we the men of God, but we picking up, you a devil. We heard you say his name, Jesus, but we don't think Jesus is in you. See, the Holy Spirit would discern the motives and the thoughts of a person. See, the Holy Word, the Bible says the Word knows the intents of the thoughts and it goes down as a discerner of the thoughts and the motives and it goes down even to the marrow and the joints. You can't hide from the Word. They kept trying to, try, she kept trying to say, these are the men of God. They turned around and said, you was a phony, basically. And they cast the devil out of the woman. Rebuked her and cast the devil out of the woman. I discern you ain't true. You, you, I discern you're trying to infiltrate a miracle working environment. I discern that your intents are not right about the purposes of God and they cast the spirit out of them. And the, the ones she was hired by was so mad, they went to the Roman government and told them these guys here messing up the city. Paul and Silas, so Paul and Silas got arrested. They beat, they got put in shackles and the Bible said they were put in the inner prison. I mean, you're already in prison, it's the prison in the prison. It's the place that before you get out the prison, you got to get out the first prison they put you in. It's the inner prison. It's like double prison. It's like solitary confinement. They, they, they put them in the worst. They said, we're going to put them in solitary confinement. They put them in the dungeon. Before they did that, they whipped them. They whipped them, beat them, and put them down in the dungeon. Verse 25, here we go. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. Now, who in the world get lied on, beat, put in the inner prison, and at midnight still got their joy? I got to talk to you today. There is something that God's trying to fix in us in this season. God is trying to run the quit out of us. God is trying to run the weariness out of us. And God is wondering when you're going to finally stand on your feet and take a whipping for my name. God is wondering when you're going to finally
finally start giving it to your flesh and say devil come with your best shot but you can't make me turn my back anymore what type of people get whipped and praise in the midnight Oh, you ain't hearing me. Oh, you ain't hearing me. What kind? What kind of nature is this? That they got whipped and, and this is injustice. This is not fair. But at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And they began to teach you about creating and maintaining atmosphere. This is what they talking about. They say, listen, yeah, we going through this hard time. But I ain't about to let what they did to me ruin the joy that I had. I had a situation not, not too long ago where a person was offended with me. And I did my best to ease the offense. And I couldn't ease it like I wanted to. And I started getting upset about it. Because I didn't do nothing wrong. But I wanted to ease the offense that they had with me. And I was starting to get in my feelings about it and wanted to kind of confront something like you know Holy Spirit said what's wrong with you what's wrong with you they got the problem not you why are you going to make their problem yours why are you going to stop walking in joy because they got an attitude with you when you know you ain't done nothing you even willing to talk about it if there was something to talk about why are you going to act crazy like them God said what's wrong with you Get rid of your attitude. Why are you acting all got your, your attitude all messed up? You about to get in your flesh because they in your flesh. I snapped out of that little thing I was about to go through and the next thing you know, every time I saw that person, how you doing? <laughs> you doing good. Because <laughs> your problem ain't mine. Because huh? your problem ain't mine. And I'm not about to make your problem mine anymore. You got the problem. I ain't got no problem. How you doing? You all right? How your children? How your family? Yeah. God's good. And I meant every bit of it. I wouldn't be in fake. But I refuse to lose my joy or because you got a problem. This is what Paul and Silas is doing. Why am I going to stop praising God because you with me? Why am I going to lose my joy because I'm going through something? Why am I going to lose my praise? Why am I going to stop going to church because I got little issues going on? Why? Somewhere in our life, we got to stop the going up and down. They create and maintain atmosphere while they're going through injustice. Sooner or later, I'm telling you, you're going to have to do God under pressure. You can't just keep giving in every time you get under pressure. You got to stop doing God under pressure. You have to stay the course when things are not fair, popular, or, ple or pleasant. They maintain their worship. It's almost as if they saying, this ain't nothing but another place to worship. I mean, it's almost like saying when we walk down the street, we worship. When we went to the grocery store, we worship. I mean, now we're just in prison. I mean, what else are we going to do? We're going to just do what we do. Come on. And praisers will do what praisers do. And worshipers will do what worship do. Don't even mess with it. I don't know about y'all. They be playing great gospel music at the, at, at the football games. And I love it. The band sound good when they play it. But you keep playing that stuff out there with me. I'll mess around and start bucking. Hey, Shatai, you be talking about this a football game. 
but now you talk about the praises of God and I'm a praiser you can say you can play he's an old time God it was beautiful too and I'll get there and I'll say yes he is and I'll start remembering when he was on time for me <laughs> they maintain the atmosphere of worship and I'm telling you if you can't create it, at least maintain it <laughs> these uh, these men began to create an atmosphere with prayer and praises. I want you to know that the Bible says, and the prisoners heard them. I'm being very literal right here, but it's almost for me, like Paul and Silas says, we here, but we ain't no prisoners. You need to read your Bible. It says at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. See, somewhere in your life, you got to stop being the victim. You just gotta, if he said you're blessed and highly favored, if he said that you're like a city sitting on a hill, why are you changing your DNA and changing your purpose because you're going through a midnight? Why are you talking all low and talking all pitiful because you're going through the valleys? They said the prisoners heard them. In other words, we ain't no prisoners. <laughs> it says the prisoners heard them see if you maintain your atmosphere people who really need to see God gonna see God in you they gonna say ain't no way you were sick in your body and you were going through all you were going through in your home and you kept on praising God sooner or later we got to minister to people while we're going through See, everybody want to minister when they come out. How about you minister while you going through it? How about your light shine when everything going crazy? Everybody want to come out and dance when you come out. That's fine. But while you're in it, let me see some joy. Let me see you praise them while you're going through it. These men maintain atmosphere. Of praise and worship. See what has happened to the modern day church. Is they think. That. We use praise to control God. So if you're not careful. They'll tell you to praise God. Run around the church three times. And if it's not the word of the Lord. You be careful. It's going to be fixed when you get home. And you get home. And that thing worse than it was before you went to church. Unless it's the word of the Lord now, unless it's the word of the Lord. But I'm just saying these, these little hype stuff, you keep thinking your prayer is going to change everything. The truth of the matter, your prayer is to just keep you in that thing, keep your mind together until that thing finally switches. Because how many know you can praise God on Monday and he still may not touch it for five more days, five more years. And you got to keep praising until he turn it around. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing today. You got to keep thanking him until that thing manifests. You can't just praise God for two days and three hours and think because you praise him for two days and three hours, everything going to change. No, baby. No, sir. You got to keep on going even when it feels like it may not turn around. So we don't, we don't, we, they wasn't, and I want to say very clearly, they were not praising God. They were not praising God to change things. Oh, I'm about to sadden some of your theology. They have watered us down 
we've become the most weakest Christians in this generation because we have to have everything after we praise. I said we got to have everything after we praise. They were not praising God to change things, although praise can change things. They were not praising to change. Why were they praising? They praising because he's yet good. They're praising because he's still on the throne. They're praising because he's still in their hearts. They're praising because he woke them up this morning. They're praising because they, they've been beat, but they still in their right mind. Oh, they're praising because he's God. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying? Huh? They're not praising him just because they want him to change things. These people are free. See, they're not bound. See, they're free. And when they're free, they just praise them just because. See, just because you God. <laughs> and the prisoners are being blessed by these men who have done no wrong. Say no wrong. They ain't done no wrong. And they're looking at them. Imagine if you did wrong and you ain't praising God. I like to say you have crazy. All that stuff you done done and you ain't praise God yet. You have crazy. Here are prisoners who know they done wrong. Seeing people praise him and done no wrong. The prisoners probably sitting there listening like, oh my God. Shame on us. We're just the most awful sinners in this prison. They come in here and been beat down. And at midnight, they singing hymns. At midnight, they having prayer and intercession. At midnight, they, they, they blessing God. Who that over there? That's Paul and Silas beat and tattered, praising God at the middle of the night. Yes, sir. And again, they're not praising God so God can come change things. Right. However, there's a principle at work here. There's a principle at work. Because when you start praying and praising... You bring God in the situation. See, something's at work here, though. Although they're not necessarily praising and pray, praying and praising so that God can change things. So they're praying just to keep it. See, sometimes you pray to keep yourself from going crazy. <laughs> the Bible says, cast your cares because he cares for you. Sometimes I got to get this burden off of me. Sometimes I got to get these crazy thoughts out of me. And I got to go someone who knows because I don't have a clue what's going on. But he does. And I got to go to someone. I got to go talk to Jesus. I feel it on my leg. Have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your troubles. Yeah, hear your fainters cry. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Oh, Y'all don't know nothing about that. But sometimes you just got to talk to Jesus. Uh, see it ain't always just about him changing things change me help me to hold on help me not to throw in the towel help me not to give up on these things help me not to act crazy come on I can't keep acting crazy under pressure see sometimes you, you, you got to praise and pray for your own self but there's a principle happening when you pray and you praise what principle is that? The principle is that God inhabits the praises of his people. So although they may not be praising God to change things, but they are inviting God where they are. <laughs> See, when you keep your atmosphere right, even when you're going through hard times, you bring God wherever you are. See, some of you want God to bring you out and God's waiting on you to bring him in. You sit there with a like, God, God, bring me out. And God say, bring me in. 
bring me in your low place bring me in that situation you're going through bring me in and Paul and Silas say we got you we're bringing you in on the shoulders we're bringing you in through our mouths how do you bring God in the atmosphere when you begin to talk about his goodness when you begin to bless his name you bring him in that's why you got to bring him in the thing you got to bring him in the thing if you want to see a miracle you got to bring him in the thing they bring him in, the Bible declares, that God inhabits the praises of his people. It really literally means that God doesn't sit back idly when you praise him. When you start praising God, it means God's spirit gets involved in the praise. He inhabits. It means he gets all in it. And he inhabits. It, it's, it's, it's like a, uh, it means he enthrones our praise. And God inhabits the praises of his people. And so that's why if you can create atmosphere and maintain atmosphere, then you can get suddenlies. So everybody don't want to talk about suddenlies. Even people, even the Pentecostal church love Acts 2. They love. Oh, the Pentecostal church. You ain't been to a Pentecostal church. Until they read Acts 2, yes, preach from Acts 2, yes, 48 of the 52 Sundays, which it says, and suddenly on the day of Pentecost. But nobody like Acts 1. You don't get an Acts 2 unless you get an Acts 1. Acts 1 says, go to Jerusalem and stay there until you be endued with power on high. See, you can't have a suddenly and you let the devil pluck you out of your position. You let the devil pluck you out of your faith. You let the devil pluck you out of your word in you. And you can't have a suddenly if you keep moving. You gotta stay still. You gotta stay still and stand firm to see the salvation of the Lord. You can't keep y'all being uh, washy wishy washy and think you're gonna have a suddenly. See, Acts 1, they had to stay there in a place called an upper room. Many of you got an upper room in your house. You don't live up there. I said, you don't live in your upper room. You got so many of y'all got an upper room. It's called an attic. You don't sleep up in no attic. Most of all, unless you really get it built out right, most attics, most people don't sleep up in the attic. You put storage up in the attic. These people are up in the attic with men, women, and children. So we're not talking about a few days. They're up there several weeks, I think a hundred and something days, waiting for the promise. Some of us ain't got no patience to handle them. Mm -mm. All these different personalities. All in it. And these babies crying need to be changed. Take the baby out. Take them out. Hush the baby out. Jesus. I'm a, my children grown. I can't stand no noise, you know. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. I know I had kids, but Lord. Come on. We know how we are. Lord Jesus. Oh, please hush the baby out. Give them a pacifier. They were up there a hundred and something days. Waiting for the promise. See the church likes suddenlies, but we don't really have them because we don't wait for nothing. We don't endure for nothing. These people, the Bible said they tarried. And the word tarry just means to wait on it. Hallelujah. It works too. Hallelujah. Oh, tarrying works. I'm talking about the tarrying where you get purged and out your mouth and stuff like that. That works too. Man, please. 
You call somebody name 2,000 times and we'll see if they come. If you call my name 2,000 times, I'm coming. And what you think gonna happen when you call Jesus' name about 4,000 times? G, 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 Yeah, I'm gonna come fill you up. Yeah, I'm gonna come give you what you want. Talking about tearing don't work. I dare you try it tonight when you go home. Call, try, try to count and get to call Jesus about 2,000 times. And see if you don't get filled with the Holy Ghost. Call him 2,000. Out there, you won't even make it. Time you get about the 100. Hey, go, I feel the Holy Ghost. He'll come if you call him. It works. I don't care what it may seem archaic, but call him 100 times to see what happens. Call him 100 times from your heart and see what happens. Get out of your flesh and call his name. I guarantee you, the Holy Ghost will come up in your room. You ain't got to get fancy with your vocabulary. You ain't got to get fancy with your words. Just call the name of Jesus and watch what happened to your atmosphere. Oh, he'll come. Tell somebody he'll come. He'll come. Somebody call his name right now. Come on. I said somebody call Jesus. She's still my savior. Hey. Oh, he'll come. I'm almost done. Give me two minutes. I feel the Holy Ghost. We got a church that can't endure nothing. Can't wait on nothing. You got to maintain the atmosphere of glory. Paul and Silas was like, listen, I got to get through here. I like the whole story. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to read two verses. The Bible says, and suddenly, when you read the rest of the verses in Acts 16 about Paul and Silas, I like the nature of them. Because after what's about to happen, and the miracle happened, all right, so suddenly come, the earthquake comes. Shake everything. Let me read this so I can show y'all. I don't got excited. Let me 26. I'm a, and suddenly, here comes the suddenly. See, suddenly comes the waiters. Can I talk to waiters this morning? Suddenly comes the waiters. So I've been trying to encourage people who've been waiting on a, a, a godly spouse. You know, and, I, and I've been disappointed with some believers who are Christian. It's like they've been waiting forever. And then when God sent them a, a person they're supposed to marry, they start dating like the world. It's like you waited forever and you don't know how what to do now. See, if you don't wait it that long and wait it properly, how long is it going to take you to realize that's your wife and that's your husband? I mean, my God, you've been waiting and you don't know when God sent you something? Huh? When I waited for Pastor Robin, took myself off the market... Cause I was just dating anything pretty, light skin, I, hazelnut eyes, whatever. Took my crazy self off the market so I can get my head straight. I was just, I had to get my head straight. Connecting my purpose to people who had no purpose for me and for my life. Stop acting all crazy. All that crazy locker room foolishness I learned as a young man. Took myself off the market and got focused. Got myself centered about purpose in life. Next thing you know, I, I knew what I wanted. And when God showed me Pastor Raman, I was done. I knew she was it. And then God spoke to me and said that was my wife. Now, I couldn't tell her that right quite quick, quite yet. Y'all know the story. I always tell it for those who hadn't heard it. She wasn't ready because she hadn't heard the word of the Lord yet. And so I always be honest. God was, I was good. It's you know how we talk about it. Y'all know about us. We laugh and we throw jokes on each other. We ain't that sensitive in our home. We do a lot of laughing and stuff like that. All right. And I, I, so she was getting delivered while I was free because I already knew. I already knew she was going to be my wife. 
And I was sold out with God that that was my wife. Right? Because I done cleaned my life up. I know I want a woman in purpose. And that was it right there. I wanted her. That's who I wanted. That's my wife. And Pastor Ron was like, man, he's skinny. But tell somebody, take a look at me now. And so, <laughs> so y'all be talking about he's skinny, he that. Feed him. I don't like a skinny man. Feed him. Watch what happened. Few chicken dinners, few meatloaves. No, what I'm trying to say is sometimes what God has to bless us, we have put it in such a framework that we're about to miss our blessing. Pastor Brown was like, he ain't my type. She want a bigger dude. Da, 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 da. She, went, she had a preference. I ain't got no problem with that. She knew what she felt like she was attracted to personally, physically, and all that. So I ain't no problem with that. And she started talking. I want to be together. I want to be friends. I told you about that. I want to be friends. And I got mad at first. I told you several times God had to deal with me. I get this attitude. She said, want to be friends. I'm talking to somebody. Because after you finish waiting, I want y'all to be messing around. After God show you who it is, put a date on the calendar. Let's get moving. I'm trying to help some of y'all. Be waiting. And then after you know what God will, it's like y'all in the tulips. Be like, when you getting married? Oh, pastor, March 4th, 2024. I told my, my honey girl was saying, I don't, she, didn't, she wasn't really feeling it quite yet. And she said she don't want to be friends. And I was getting mad. Holy Spirit said, calm down. You get agitated too quick. Calm down. The Holy Spirit gave it to me like this. Friends go to movies. Friends go out to eat. Friends uh, talk to each other on the phone. And I was like, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. And I was like, yeah, let's be friends. <laughs> Because all I want to do is spend time with her. Come on now. And I know now for relationship, your marriage is no good if you ain't friends. What happen, What helps a husband and wife go through situations is they have a foundation. That's my friend. So you talk to your friends. You may treat your husband any kind of way, but you talk to your friends. Uh, uh, you will get that tomorrow. So if you learn to be friends with each other, see, we friends. We enjoy being each other. We clown on each other and all that kind of stuff. Y'all getting what I'm trying to say? And I'm telling God, begin to deal with me on that thing. I learned how to wait. And I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And after a while, God was like, it's time to get married. We looked at each other. We was like, it's time to get married. We love each other. It's time to get married. What are we doing around here? And we went and put the date on the calendar. The parents were surprised. The parents were surprised. And I don't know why they were surprised. You know, sometimes they're just surprised. Parents get surprised sometimes. You know. We was consistent. It ain't like we was breaking up every three months or something like that. You know, that's a surprise. They break up. We talk, oh, y'all just broke up two weeks ago. Y'all back together. No, it wasn't that. We was consistent and we was, you know, consistent. When I, we was talking, we was time to get married. It was all surprised. So, it's like, what you thought was about to happen? You got to pray for me. And we got good. And, and as you know, we said that day, we got married. Lift your hands. Somebody's going to get married soon. I, I said, somebody, you've been waiting and it ain't going to take you all day to identify what you've been waiting on. Somebody, see, some of y'all too. Ah, I feel it in the spirit. I felt it in the spirit. You want God to be fast, but you slow. You're like, God, hurry up. God, do this thing. And then when God start doing this thing, you be like, wait, wait. But lift your hands.
that somebody been waiting ain't going to be able to move forward with the promises of God because they know what it is. Go ahead and praise God for somebody. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking I felt it in the Holy Ghost. Hey, Shaka. I said, I felt it. You ain't hey, Shaka. Come on. Something is coming to those who know how to wait. I feel the Holy Ghost on it. I know what I'm talking about. I got to get out of here. And I told people, put their chicken on 250. I got to go. I want to teach. I'm going to read verse 26 and I'm going to get done. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. I told you God comes where the praise is, right? There was an earthquake. So that the foundation of the prisons were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened. That's a miracle. Everybody said that's a miracle. That's a suddenly God came where his children were. He came and he shook the earth. He broke open the doors of the prison and everyone's bands were loose. That's a miracle. The power of prayer and praise came in the prison. Not listen how good God is. Listen to this. Listen how good God is. Paul and Silas was praying and everybody else benefited. That's why you can't come to church selfish anymore. Just worried about you, yourself, and your little kids. There are other people in the room need to be get a breakthrough too. Paul and Silas prayed, worshiped God. God came in and freed them, and all the prisoners got free too. Tell somebody I feel a breakout about to happen. The power came and I broke everybody out of there. The prisoner, I'm about to read through the prisoner, the guard of the prison was so shaken by this miracle of a suddenly. He was afraid of his reputation. He was going to kill himself. He was like, oh no. In the morning when they come in, all these people are free. But you know it's hard to contain free people. I had night duty. And how I'm going to explain this story of the supernatural. I'm a, I imagine myself as a prisoner, as a guard sitting there saying, um, okay. I know y'all going to believe this. It's the guard. I don't believe this, but around midnight, and one Paul, he would start singing, Oh, how I love Jesus. And Saul joined in with him. They did a duet. And then they started praying for all these people who didn't even know. So they're calling out names and went to praying. And while they was praying, things started shaking. Imagine the, pr- the prison guard got to explain that in the morning. Trying to explain a supernatural thing. That God came in, shook the earth, shook the prison, and everybody got free. Imagine trying to explain that. He said, I ain't dealing with the supernatural. I ain't dealing with this. He said, he was going to kill himself. Prison guard. Paul said, you ain't got to worry about nothing. Ain't nobody ran away. We still here. Ain't nobody escaped. He said, it's okay. Calm down. He saw such miraculous power. The prison guard said, what must I do to be saved? See what happened if you awake properly and serve God? God will start using your life as a light and a witness to other people. This prison God sitting there and he said, I ain't never seen nothing like this. What must I do to be saved? When the morning come and everything done supernaturally happen, somehow the way they let Paul in prison out the back of the prison. Paul and Silas. Now they, they got a different nature. In verses Acts 16, you need to read it, even if it's just for comic relief. They read it and it's like, no. Y'all brought us in the front door. Y'all embarrassed us. 
and like we were turning up the city. And listen to this. They done got whooped and put in the inner prison. And they come out with an attitude with God, just an attitude. No, no. Y'all ain't taking us at no back door. They sneaking us out of here. Y'all brought us in the front door. Take us back out the front. <laughs> what kind of people? Y'all trying to get through the... No, you gonna whoop me and then, and then God come and show a miracle you want to put me out the back no no take me out through the front door where y'all was raising all that fuss talk about we were this and we were take, that's a, take me out the front that's bad boy that's a bad boy I'm like Jesus they go to the, the prison guard house and baptize everybody in his house tell his wife imagine this suddenly tell somebody suddenly I hear the Holy Ghost. Everybody say suddenly. I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody say suddenly, suddenly. They go home and there's a suddenly done hit the prison guard house. Y'all don't get the gravity of the story. Daddy go to work as a sinner. Come home with two guys, the wife and the children don't know. Probably crying. Shook up, baby. What happened last night at work? These two kids, these two guys, gonna baptize me, and because I'm the head of this house, y'all getting saved today too. That's what the Bible said. His whole household got saved. As a man, he shifted his whole house. He came home and had to reintroduce himself to his children and wife as a new man. When God gets involved in your dilemma, he'll change stuff like y'all ain't saying nothing. I gotta go, I gotta pray. I'll tell you a real story that happened. I went to Jamaica. I wouldn't say I went to Jamaica. I went to New Jersey. It was a Jamaican church in New Jersey that invited me to preach a couple years ago. It changed my life. It had the revival. I had they, they preached me hard. I was there for three days and preached six times. Three days, preached six times. I barely sleep. By the time they got me to the, the hotel, I rolled over twice and it was morning time. I had to go preach again. The power of God was moving. There was a man there who got saved in the meeting. His wife had been praying for him to get saved. And as you know, he came to the meeting and the night, the first night I got the altar call, he came up. I ain't know nothing. He came up. I prayed for him. He got saved and filled the Holy Ghost. And I didn't know what was going on. His wife was looking at him like, who is this man? His children was looking at him. I'm talking about a cussing man, a big strong man. He didn't take no junk from nobody, ran the house with a hard fist. He crying all on the floor, worship coming down his face. He just crying and they're wondering what done happened. God done brought us suddenly in their life and they don't know what to do. They have been going to church for years without their daddy. But every night of that meeting, he was the first one there. They didn't know what to do because now he was leading his house in a he was telling his wife, baby, it's time to go to church. The kids, they were used to dragging him out of bed. But now a suddenly has taken place. And he's speaking in tongue and walking in power. I don't have a clue what's happening. But a woman was staying in the closet with God and said, God, I want my husband saved. I want him delivered. I want him set free. And I'm talking about somebody. There's a wife. There's a spouse praying for your spouse. And I'm telling you, don't you dare. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare stop praying. 
there's a suddenly riding your back there's a suddenly coming your way tell somebody keep on praying clap your hands and give God praise right there come on stand on your feet and clap your hands I'm done I had to teach and lay this foundation because atmosphere matters and God is trying to break forth miracles, signs, and wonders. God's about to shift some things. There are about to be some surprises in your life. There are about to be some suddenlies in your life. God is a supernatural God. And his word has preeminence and authority over things in the heavens and in the earth. Hands lifted, I want to pray for you today. We hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.